Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. In this episode, I'm going to focus on love. It's February, and we have collectively decided that February is the month of love. I think that every month should be the month of love, but it's, I guess you could say it's our favorite month here at Connected Parenting. And I talk a lot about love. I talk a lot about parenting from a place of love, not fear. So I want to do a little bit of a deep dive uh, in this episode into the neurobiology of love. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Clary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So I can't really talk about love without talking about um, what are known as the happy hormones. So I I realize this doesn't sound very romantic, but we kind of have to take it apart first. So there's this trio of neurotransmitters um, that kind of in a complex way work together to help us feel love and help us feel that warm, wonderful, toasty, glorious feeling. Uh, that we feel we're in when we're in that kind of moment with another person. Um, and actually, in order to experience oxytocin, you really do need an, another person. Um, so here we go. The three neurotransmitters are oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine. So I'll talk about oxytocin last. Um, dopamine, and this is, of course, very, very basic. So, so I'm not going to go too crazy with this. Um, to be honest, I don't even understand all the depth of it myself. So we're just going to understand how can this um, influence our parenting? How can this help us know ourselves better? How can this enrich how um, deeply we understand human connection and our own feelings? So on a very surface level, uh, dopamine um, is a reward chemical that's actually designed to make us feel really good when we've done something that's kind of hard or boring. (laughs) And um, it's, it's part of the feel-good chemicals, but it can also kind of get out of whack a little bit, certainly when you're, um, I don't know, playing video games or you're, you know, want to buy something new, you get this wonderful hit of dopamine, which feels really good, but it actually leads us more to pleasure than happiness. And there's a little bit of a difference. And we've kind of confused that in our culture. We've confused uh, happiness and pleasure. So dopamine is this hit that you get from, you know, catching something, doing something, finally getting something, getting that thing that you really, really wanted. Um, and it kind of works in tandem and gets balanced out with, with the other two hormones that I was talking about. Serotonin, that is a chemical that really leads to happiness. So when you are, I don't know, playing a board game with somebody or helping someone out or um, just, you know, I don't displaying a kind gesture. Uh, seeing someone smile when when you when you have a connection with someone um, and you're actually communicating with them and you're with them that that brings serotonin and serotonin is really the happiness uh, chemical and it, it feels good and it's wonderful it's very very healthy for us. The third in this trio is oxytocin. I talk a lot about oxytocin. Oxytocin, which is actually fairly complicated, um, and there's sort of a, a difference in in how to look at this, but essentially. Um, oxytocin is known as the love drug. And it's a little bit more complicated than that, but um, it's actually known as the love drug. So it is a chemical slash neurotransmitter slash hormone that actually gives us that really warm, 
beautiful feeling, um, that kind of glowy feeling that we almost feel, well, not almost, we actually feel right in our chest, right in our heart. Uh, when you're looking at a cute little baby, when you see a puppy, when you see your child sleeping, when you see someone you haven't seen for a long time, you see an old friend, when you pick up your child from school and they're coming running at you, mommy, daddy, you get that beautiful, glorious feeling. And oxytocin actually does a lot of really incredible things. So it actually speeds up neuroplasticity. This is important. It actually helps the brain to make connections, remember things better, uh, learn, take risks, really grow. Um, so it actually speeds up the brain's ability to make neural connections. So that's, that's pretty important. It strengthens the immune system. It actually upgrades the immune system. So when you're stressed, when you're having a difficult time and you're really struggling, your immune system is going to downgrade a little bit. It's going to save energy and take that energy that it's spending on the immune system. And it's going to put it into other areas of your brain. So you're can beat faster. You can run away from things. You can take action. You can do what you need to do. And your, your immune system kind of downgrades. So as your levels of all three of these hormones, but especially oxytocin rise, your immune system is going to upgrade. It's actually going to produce better copies of DNA on all kinds of levels. It's going to really help uh, with immune health and strength. The next thing that oxytocin does, it's really important is it's a cortisol blocker. So it actually blocks cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. That's the hormone that makes you angry, yell, have that terrible feeling in your stomach. It makes your heart race. It's that feeling where you just wanna jump out of your skin. That's cortisol. Uh, cortisol is really, you know, it's not an enemy cortisol. It's very important. You know, it builds up in our system to help the fight or flight response. And so many, many years ago, not so much anymore, we needed adrenaline and cortisol to help us when we were afraid because it usually meant something was chasing us or our village was being attacked or we were about to get eaten by a lion. Um, and we needed action-based responses to burn up that adrenaline in particular. And now a lot of the things we worry about, bills that we have to pay, you know, how if you're a student, how you did on a test, um, whether or not that girl likes you, um, you know, had an argument with your spouse and you're still mad at each other, you're still getting that pumping of cortisol and adrenaline, but you're not burning it off because you're not running and you're not physically doing anything with it. It's just kind of sitting in your body and then it becomes this weird kind of feedback loop. So oxytocin actually helps to decrease that. The higher the levels of oxytocin in your body, the lower the levels of cortisol. Now, I always say this, but this is really important. Um, when you are feeling and experiencing oxytocin, that's usually from an interaction with somebody else. You're hugging somebody, you're gazing into their eyes, you're rubbing noses, you're complimenting them, or they just complimented you. You're having this warm moment of connection. Um, and in those moments, you're getting this beautiful flood of reward chemicals that do all those wonderful things for you and the person that you're actually engaging with. So it's a pretty important thing. I call it emotional nutrition. It's like brain food. And we spend so much time with our children, making sure, and our teens, making sure they've got the right tutor and they're in the right programs and you're selecting all the right schools and what college or university do you want them to go to eventually? And all of this, and we're making sure they got organic food and they're you know, eating properly. And all of that is incredibly, incredibly important. But this is next to food and water, honestly. This, this kind of connection, this 
this important balance of these chemicals that help us feel loved and give love is actually really, really important. So what are some ways that you can do this? So first of all, I think it's really important to start with self-love and self-compassion. So what are some ways that you can give love to yourself? So you can, I don't know, catch your image in the mirror and instead of going, ugh, I look old, look at yourself and just smile. Smile at yourself in the mirror. Watch what happens. You'll feel this flow. You'll feel this little glow. Give yourself a compliment in your mind. Hey, that was cool of me. That was pretty clever. Like give yourself these little um, boosts during the day. You'll get a tiny little boost of oxytocin when you can do that. Look through your phone, look at old pictures, look at vacation photos, look at pictures of your children when they were babies, look at family photos of, of your life when you were a child. Do this to music, have beautiful, um, soothing, comforting, instrumental music playing while you do this. Do it for five or 10 minutes. You will get an oxytocin bath and you will feel lifted and you will feel better and you will want to transfer that over to the next person that comes into your space. And it's a really lovely way to get your own oxytocin levels up. Remember too, that in the next series of suggestions I give you, which is how to get oxytocin flowing with your child or with your spouse or with your siblings, um, you'll get the bounce back too. So you will also get all of those same amazing benefits. So here are some ways you can do it with your family. Very, very simple things. You can just make it, make it a point this month. Just do it for the month of love um, and then see how it goes and watch. You'll want to keep it. Just compliment your spouse instead of like, oh, why didn't you do that? Or, hey, you didn't tell me about this. Just try to do that less and a little bit more say, hey, I noticed that you did that. Thank you so much. Or, oh, that was so nice of you. You brought my tea exactly the way I like it. Or that was, you were so funny last night. I, I was thinking about it this morning. We were hilarious last night. Like just find the things that you love or that you admire or that you got a kick out of with your spouse. And it could be the smallest things and let them know, and then feel the feedback, feel the flood, feel the smile, feel the warmth that comes, um, that enters that space in between you. It's really quite lovely. And we, we know this feels good and we just forget to do it. And our brain tends to focus on the negatives all the time. So really sort of set, take that lens and turn it to things that are funny, cute, positive, and let your partner know, let them know. Now do the same thing with your kids right? You were so funny yesterday. That was so cute how you did that. Oh, I noticed how you picked that up. Or I noticed how you helped your sister up the stairs. Or, you know, if it's your teenager, you know, thank you so much for putting that back. You know, and I know you're busy and you're having a hard time. That was, thank you. And it was a small thing, but thank you. And not with sarcasm, like genuinely do this. And then watch for that little smile, for that little flash in your eyes. So really looking for the good can help. And even in your own mind, you know, we tend to kind of focus on, oh, of course the kitchen looks like this and nobody ever does this. If it wasn't for me, we wouldn't do it for a second, allow yourself to feel that, and then take a second and look around and try to feel um, grateful, try to notice things around you that you love, things that are in place, things that people maybe did put away. Um, look for an approximation of things that would, would please you and then focus on that for a second and let your let your brain resonate with that. This is really um, it's kind of magical and you're, you're playing around with your own biochemistry here and it really helps. And it actually helps you be in a better space. So when your children uh, are around you or they come to ask you something, you're responding to them instead of reacting to them. And you'll feel better too doing this. 
Um, I think this is where limbic bonding really comes in. So, as it, you know, it's really important, especially with the child that you're finding the most challenging. You know, this is this is sort of um, limbic by limbic bonding. I mean, like baby play and rubbing noses and holding their cheeks and gazing into their eyes and, you know, those kinds of moments. And I always say to families, you know, the childhood that you least feel like doing this with is the one who really needs it the most. So kind of dig deep and do this, but watch what happens. It's really magical. So just make sure you're, just try putting your hands on your child's cheeks and just look in their eyes and smile. Like, don't even say anything. You'll have this moment where it just feels so warm and so toasty and so tranquil and so beautiful. And just do it for a few seconds. It's lovely it, and it can last. It can stay with you for quite a long time afterwards and it can actually change your child's behavior. You will see a kind of calming that in them and um, sort of an increase in healthy compliance. You know, rub noses, tickle them, tell them stories about when they were babies, show them baby pictures. Um, if, and even do this with your teen, like they might go, oh my God, what are you doing? Um, and instead of going, oh, I hope you have a teenager one day and they do this to you. You'll know how it feels. Don't do that. Just go, I know, I know you're 16, but you're still my baby and walk away and not in a guilty, not in a, um, kind of dramatic kind of way, like just walk away and then wait. I promise you they'll come back a couple minutes later. They'll bump your hip or they'll put, they'll put their arm around you or they'll say something or they'll, they'll do something that kind of engages and connects. So look for those little connectors, but baby play is such a powerful way to get that oxytocin uptick. Um, and you get it too. Remember after like 10 or 15 minutes of playing like this with your child, you're going to feel wonderful after as well. It's really quite lovely. Um, I think too, you know, I want to bring back the kind of pillar technique that I talk about all the time at Connected Parenting, but that's the calm technique. You know, remembering to really pause, line up with this feeling of love, not fear with your child and really step in their world and try to understand what they're experiencing. So if they're complaining because they can't do up their shoe or they don't want to wear something that you want them to wear, just take a second and go, you know what? I can see you're so mad. You're so frustrated about this and you're trying to hurry and it's not working. And like, just really get into the moment with them and not in a, not in a sarcastic way. And not in that, I understand you must be having a hard time. I know this is difficult, but that won't work. That will not release oxytocin. It really has to be a genuine moment of, ah, no wonder you're so mad. This happened yesterday when you were trying to do it. Like just get in there and really give them what I call that best friend response. And for a refresher on this, go back to episodes one and two of this podcast. I, I go over it. Um, I also cover this in the online courses where we kind of go deep into this. In the village, we work on this. People actually get to role play and practice and support each other and help each other. This technique sounds easy, but it's 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 really, it, it takes a little bit of practice, but oh my gosh, it is so worth it. It is such a superpower when you figure out how to use it. Um, and I also want you to like, don't, don't just think about using the calm technique when your kid's upset, like it, that's great and it'll deescalate and it's helpful, but that's not actually the best time to use it. The best time to use it is during chit chat mirroring. So this is a great way to get oxytocin flowing. Your kid comes home and tells you about a new video game that's coming out or, or um, a party that's happening on the weekend or that you're happy with your child going to, um, you know, something that you can kind of join in with and talk about. 
and you just mirror back or they show you a picture they drew instead of saying, oh, that's beautiful, honey. Let's put it on the fridge. You go, whoa, look at the way you've got the sun shining there. You put so much detail into that shield or, oh my gosh, look at how the dress is flowing over the shoe. Wow. Like really pull out of the conversation the elements that you think your child really wanted you to hear, that feeling of being heard, of being understood, of being truly seen is the most incredible way to get these beautiful trio of uh, neurotransmitters and reward chemicals flooding through your body and theirs. It's medicine. It really is. It's powerful, powerful medicine. So take all these in, really absorb these things put them into practice, make them a part of how you are living and moving through your life in the month of February. Watch the changes that you'll see in your, in your family, in your spouse, in yourself. You'll just feel a little lighter. Things will feel a little toastier, a little richer. And then I hope that turns into many, many months of this. And then of course, a lifetime of this. So if you want more information, go to connectedparenting.com. We've got all kinds of amazing resources for you. Go back and listen to the first couple of podcasts. I really think that will help and have a beautiful, beautiful and very loving month of February. Thank you so much for joining me. And I will see you next time on the next episode of Connected Parenting.